Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I'm so happy that you are joining me here today. One of our very favorite things we get here at the podcast are listener requests. We love it when we get those. And we've had a number of requests to have an African-American homeschooler on the podcast. Now, we did have LaToya Edwards on on an earlier episode, but that was not exactly the focus of that particular podcast. So this time we have invited Camille Kirksey on to speak to us about what it's like to be an African-American homeschooler. Camille is from Detroit. She blogs at Homeschooling in the D, and she is also a vlogger. She has a wonderful YouTube channel where you can check out what she's doing in her homeschool. She was even brave enough to videotape her morning time and put it out there for everyone to see. So I was so excited to get to speak with Camille about her homeschooling journey and her insights into homeschooling and the African-American community. I think you're really going to enjoy the interview. Camille Kirksey is a homeschooling mother of three and a lifestyle blogger and vlogger who hails from Detroit, Michigan. Through her blog and her YouTube channel, both called Homeschooling in the D, she shares about homeschooling, finding balance and rhythm in daily routines, and learning from the simple, authentic experiences of family life. Camille joins us on this episode of the podcast to give us a little peek into her homeschool journey, particularly her experiences as an African-American homeschooler. Camille, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pam. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, we are so excited to have you. First of all, start off by telling me a little bit about your family. Okay. Well, I have been married to my husband born for going on 15 years. I can't even believe it. We have three children. The oldest is eight. His name is Brandon. We have Zachary, who is four. And then we have Aria, who is one. Yep, I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't left any of them out. <laughs> no, <laughs> we got all of them. Well, how did you guys get started homeschooling? You know, homeschooling was not something I had ever even considered. I hadn't heard of it. I didn't know anybody who did it. So I kind of surprised myself when I realized that's what we should be doing. We didn't have any kind of negative experiences with my oldest son, Brandon, going to a pre-kindergarten, going to school for pre-kindergarten. But the one thing that I did notice is that as the children got older, it seemed like the teachers were a little bit more harsh. They were really nice and, you know, kind in pre-K, but I saw the other classes and they were a little bit harsh. They kind of, you know, were barking at the kids, uh, you know, and I understand how school is, but it it just seemed kind of harsh. So that was my first little like, hmm, you know, I don't know if I kind of like that. And then I found a an interview with a mom who is African American who has seven children. And I saw she was homeschooling and I just was blown away. I'm like, what is this homeschooling thing? So from there, I kind of just started reading and found a group on Facebook of African American homeschoolers. And it just kind of went on from there. I didn't necessarily have to convince my husband. He just was concerned, like a lot of people, about the socialization, quote unquote, part. But after we kind of talked about our own experiences in school and what we wanted for our kids, we said, let's try this thing. 
Um, and that was four years ago. We're in our fourth year now, and we'll be doing uh, hopefully it all all the way through till they if they want to go to college. That's the plan. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So you pretty much started right after pre-K from the very beginning. Yes, luckily. And I, I've seen where people have had to, you know, I guess, bring their kids home after a long time in school. And that seems like it's a very rough transition. So I'm glad that we found it when we did and started it pretty much from the beginning. Oh, yeah. I often say that one of the hardest jobs in homeschooling is having to kind of like do that surprise 180. You know, you never expect right. it. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Especially when you have no clue about it. So you're learning and trying to acclimate the kids. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of scary. So I am glad that we were able to, you know, start from the beginning. And then my two younger ones would just roll right into it. And, you know, we'll go from there. Well, I know you guys are big readers and big literature lovers at your house. So your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? You know, I, I can't even tell. I have to be honest, Pam. Like, we don't, I have not read like the big literature, like a lot of the older literature. The one book I remember, which is so funny, of all the books I read when I was a kid, was Little House in the Big Woods. Mm -hmm. And ideally, that's how I would love to think my homeschool is like. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if that's a literary classic, but I just like the you know, that story, like the families together and they're Mm -hmm. going through ups and downs together. And it's just, they're living their own life in their little bubble. But, you know, life is happening. And I don't know, if I had to pick something, I would pick that book. (laughs) It just reminds me of how I would like it to be and what I strive to do. Yeah, you know, the children in that book are much too obedient for that one to be. (laughs) (laughs) That is my children are not like that but ideally you know you hold on to that hope but yeah but you know how they're just uh, in the earth and you know doing their thing and everything is it's just family oriented it's cozy that's what really yeah yeah yeah, it's like that to me like everything the rhythm and everything is is what works for the family so I think you know if I really think about it that's kind of what inspires how we do things I love it that's one of my favorites well Camille, tell me, what is the biggest challenge you face as a homeschooler? You know, for me, I think it's keeping the big picture in mind. I'm not a very detailed person, but for some reason, when it comes to homeschooling, you know, it can feel so overwhelming. You feel like you have to check off all these marks. And I just sometimes forget why I'm doing it. You know, what the big picture is, what the ultimate goal is. And I struggle with holding on to that while I am, you know, trying to navigate what should we be doing next? When's the next you know, child, when they should start and all that kind of stuff. So I think for me, the bigger picture of why I'm doing it and how that influences my everyday kind of can be a struggle. But, you know, I recognize it and I try to work through it. Do you get distracted by the bright and shiny? I used to. I would say in my first couple years when I just did not know what I was doing, that's when I bought everything and I watched everything and I read everything. And that's how it got to be too much. So I would say I used to be now I'm trying to be very, very streamlined and say, okay, we're going to try this first. I'm not buying anything else. I'm not listening to Pam's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's so awesome, it makes me so excited. But I have to remember like, okay, we have to really be focused on what we're doing because being all over the place isn't helpful either. 
So, yeah, I, I've gone that route and now I'm kind of more like stay the course, see how this works. And if it doesn't work, then we'll try something else. Awesome. Yes. Don't let the podcast distract you. Just enjoy the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, fill in the blank for me. If my grown child blank, I will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom. Stays curious, seeks the truth, especially with, you know, the internet and social media and so many distractions. I hope they can just cut through a lot of that and just seek the truth according to what they believe and their own research, and that they just stay curious. They don't get complacent. They don't just assume that the answer that's given to things or the story that's playing right now, the narrative that is, is given is it. I want them to stay, tr- you know, stay truthful to themselves and stay curious to make sure their life is how they want it to be. So I think I would feel very, very proud if they lived according to their own truth and because they're curious and they want to continue to learn. Yeah. Well, what would your kids say is the best part of being homeschooled? You know, I actually, on uh, one of our more recent YouTube videos, I asked this about from Brandon, because he's the only one we're homeschooling right now. And he said family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so funny with two, and you know, because you have boys too. The dynamic of the two brothers is very interesting. So I think he loves having his little brother there, but he can't stand that too. (laughs) So, you know, family is very important. He loves being there. But I think, you know, that's a double-edged sword as far as that. So I know he said it would be family. I think more so the freedom he has to work at his own pace and do his own thing for the majority of the day. But um, when it comes to actually homeschooling, he has a say in what we do. You know, if something's not working or he doesn't like it, he can tell me and we can try to work it out. So I think that would be the best thing, according to him. Yeah. And let me tell you, I know about those brothers. It's a love-hate relationship for sure. (laughs) Especially being home all day with each other. It's like, oh my goodness. But then when they're away, they're like, oh, I miss him. And I'm like, oh, you guys. Yeah. Remember that when you get together. (laughs) When you're driving me crazy by fighting, for sure. Well, what do you think he would say is the worst thing about being homeschooled? Does he have something he doesn't like? You know, I think he would say, especially on Monday mornings, say just doing the work itself. I think he tends to be someone who gets things very easily. He learns things very quickly. But when something doesn't happen quickly, he gets kind of frustrated. So I think, you know, that part of homeschooling, the challenging part, he likes it because when he overcomes it, he's, you know, like, oh, I did that. But then at the same time, he doesn't really like not getting it at first. I think just the work itself, once it becomes a little bit difficult, then he's like, but then he pushes through it and he's like, okay, then he wants to tell everybody what he learned. So, you know, that's how it goes, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Well, fill in the blank for me. As a homeschool mom, I really rock blank. What are you good at? I'm good at being flexible. Like I really pride myself in, you know, taking what it is and trying to make it better, whatever it is. So if it's something that we're not understanding, you know, as we talked about, I'm not afraid to throw it out and start over, but I'm really, I try to be very flexible in my, you know, teaching and my mothering and and all things in life, because when you're rigid, you shut down and things, things don't really flow. And I like to slow. So I try to really stay flexible with everything. That's awesome. I struggle with that. So I admire anybody who's flexible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's not my strength. (laughs) I mean, it is. But, you know, you have to, I guess for me, I just have to remember that the one way I'm thinking is not the only way. 
because yeah. I used to be very, very type A, like my way, highway. This is how I learned it. This is how it is. And I would say homeschooling really taught me I have to just realize that there's other ways to do things and I have to just let go and figure out the best way. And, and, and time after time, when I remind myself of that, it really it works out. You know, it really works out. Yeah. Yeah. How do you stay organized? Do you have any like favorites, tools, apps, resources that you use to help you stay on top of things in your homeschool? You know, I really think this is something I either heard from you or from Sarah. What, what's Sarah's last name again? Um, oh, Mackenzie. Mackenzie. It was the spiral notebooks. I know. Yes. I, I want to say both of you, you know, you have a ton that you buy when they're on sale. And we, we don't really do a lot of notebooking or, you know, interactive things with the notebook. So I just have a ton sitting around. And one day I was just like, I'm just going to use this to write down all my stuff. And so that has been a saving grace for me, just using a spiral notebook. Every day I write out my to-do list. And then Sundays I go through and write out what I want to do for the week. I've tried planning ahead of time for the year and for the month, and it just doesn't work because we I end up doing something else every time. But yeah, a spiral notebook is like what I usually go to, my go-to thing. I also use Pinterest. I have so many boards and so many pens, but at least they're organized so I can go right to them and, and know what's in them. Google Calendar and Google Drive, those are, oh my goodness, I don't know where I would be in life without those. <laughs> I mean, uh, some of my resources are out on my drive and then the calendar, you know, you can have different calendars for different things. So I kind of do, do I have a homeschooling in the D calendar and then I have a homeschooling just overall calendar and you can see everything on the, on my iPhone. So it just makes it really easy um, to do that. I would say one of the biggest things that I really got serious about this summer when I was decluttering and cleaning, cleaning the homeschool room was to make sure everything homeschool is in that room. So mm. nothing else, you know, is in the house that if it's homeschooling, it's in that room on my Ikea shelving. And I try to go through, I'm doing zone cleaning now. So every nine weeks, I'm hitting that homeschool room and decluttering and reorganizing. So it's only keeping the most important things out. I do have some storage containers, but they're in there too. So I think that was one of the biggest aha, aha moments for me this summer is to all things homeschool stay in there. And if it does not fit there or we don't use it, it has to go. So I would say those are my biggest. Yeah, there is a huge value in being prepared and, you know, having what you need right there at hand. Because Mm -hmm. I tell you what, if you have to get up and leave the room to go find something. Oh, yes. You know, (laughs) it's like World War Three or the zombie apocalypse or something. You know, because it's all going to fall apart and you're going to have to spend, you know, 30, 45 minutes raining them back in. I know that just can't be my house. No, no. And I'm only doing one. But that's it's like, where did he go? Like, I just went and got a pencil. And then, yeah, where did he go? Yes. So, yes, everything's right there. And sometimes I just send him to get it because it's right around the corner. And then I don't even have to move because I'm watching him. I see him. I'm like, come on back here. Let's get this started. (laughs) So, yes, it's been a game changer around here. Yeah, I love that. And okay, so I'm going to go off topic a little bit and ask about your zone cleaning. You said you get to it every nine weeks. So you're not doing a fly lady thing where you're trying to do the whole house in a month. You've actually, you've actually. Okay, so tell me about it because homeschool moms always want to know about keeping the house clean. 
Okay. And you know, this is my first go round with this. So, I mean, I'm just a newbie, but I'm loving it. I actually found stone cleaning on how Jen does it. I don't know if you've seen her YouTube channel, but it's just how Jen does it. And she has this whole playlist of her cleaning her house by zones and hers, hers, I think it's every eight weeks. So she has eight different zones. So I kind of modeled mine after, after hers. But, you know, I basically go from our basement to our first floor to our upstairs. And every week I do a different zone. So like this week is just hallways, closets, and I think hallways, closets, and one other thing. But I'll just go through and that's when I'll, you know, if I need to organize or declutter, that's when I'll do that. I wash the walls and the baseboard. It's like a deep cleaning mm-hmm. cycle. So every eight, well, it's the ninth week. So every nine weeks, I'm starting over. So like I started with the basement. And so I'll be doing the basement in a couple of weeks because it comes back. It's kind of like your, what's that thing? That loop, you, that loop you, uh, scheduling. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's just like that. It's just yeah. like that. Come right back to it on that ninth week. And I even found, I didn't even realize that I have a week break. So I'm actually doing eight weeks and then I have a break for a week. So I don't do any deep cleaning. And then I start over. So it's really, I mean, I, I think I'm on the sixth week and it is, it's a game changer because I don't have to worry about, you know, if every, it's like 15, 30, maybe 30 minutes at the most per day, but you're deep cleaning your house all year round without yeah. having to wait to spring clean. So yeah, how Jen does it, I know she based her cleaning off a of fly lady, but she tweaked it. And you know, as you do it, as I'm doing, I'm tweaking it, but yeah, it's been a game changer for me. Well, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, because I have always liked that fly lady idea, but I've always Mm -hmm. felt like there's no way I can do this. Even if I break my house into four zones, you know, there's no Mm -hmm. way I can do this in a month. It's not happening. So I always, you know, felt overwhelmed by it. And so I never could get a good handle on it. But you know what? If my house were getting, if every zone of my house were getting cleaned every eight to nine weeks, it would be more than it's getting clean now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think most because like you said, it is overwhelming, you know, to know how to break it down. But Jen, on how Jen does it, she she makes it so simple. It's very, very clear. It's kind of like, duh, why am I doing this before? Exactly. um, It's not intimidating at all, you know. And I I pride myself in, you know, cleaning, but definitely not deep cleaning. Like, no, I wasn't doing any of that. But yeah, we're washing walls and baseboards and all that kind of stuff. And then what I'm looking at is that, you know, as the weeks go on, you don't have as much to clean, you know, so it won't take as long. Maybe the first couple go around, you know, if you've already decluttered. And that's kind of what she talks about. If you already have decluttered the house, then you're just really just cleaning it. And then it's not as bad the next go round. But yeah, it's for me, it's, it's, it's everything, really. <laughs> well, I am, I'm going to check that out and we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So okay. definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit about homeschooling in the African-American community. Is it common in that community? And how unusual is your family's decision to homeschool? You know, as a homeschooler now, it's becoming more common. I think it's becoming more mainstream and, you know, with social media and the internet in general, you can find a lot more people doing it. I would even say when I first started, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know not one, you know, homeschooler period, whether they were African-American or not. So I would say at this point, it's becoming a little bit more common. It is definitely not the norm. As far as my family goes, 
I don't think anybody was surprised. I mean, we're kind of like different anyway. So like with my parents and my siblings, I don't think anyone was necessarily surprised. They were concerned as far as, you know, how this thing was going. Actually, at Thanksgiving, I was just asked, so how are they, how long are, or no, when are they going to be going to real school? And, you know, so I'm like, well, they won't be as far as I know. But, you know, I just, I take the opportunity to explain to people and I ask them about their experience. You know, how did, how was school for you? And most people didn't have a good experience. So then they remember and it's like, oh, well, maybe this could be better. So, you know, for us, I don't think it was, I haven't really gotten any negative comments, mostly positive, even on, you know, the street. Oh, why aren't you in school? You know, in the middle of the day. Oh, we homeschool. I love that. So that's kind of what we get. But, you know, as African-Americans, I think we have fought, our ancestors have fought so hard to get into the system that, you know, it can, when you try, we talk about taking kids out of it, I think a lot of people can feel offended. But I have not experienced that. I've gotten pretty, pretty good reviews. And people, you know, they come and they ask because they're more interested in it because they see someone that looks like them doing it. So that's kind of why we, I continue the blog and we do the YouTube channel because I want, I want representation as far as us in the homeschooling community too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that, that, you know, the history has been we're working so hard to get into the system. So, you know, that would be why it would be kind of looked askance. You know, why are you doing the mm-hmm. opposite of what we've tried to do for all these years? So yeah, I never yeah. considered it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think are some of the, well, you said, okay, so first of all, you found a group on social media, you said, of African-American mm-hmm. homeschoolers. And that was one of the things that led you to do that. So do you think... Yes. You think it's growing in African-American communities at the same rate it is in all communities or? I would say the interest is growing. I don't know as far as if if more African-Americans are homeschooling because of social media. The group is growing. Definitely. I I think people are, are more concerned of how can I work and do it? You know, how does that work? I think that and I don't think that's unique to my community at all. But I think that's one of the major hiccups as far as people homeschooling. How am I going to do it while I'm working? That seems to be what, what comes up. So I think the interest level is definitely there. There are a lot of co-ops that are starting. We were part of a co-op. We're not doing it right now, but we still see them all the time. And you'll be surprised. I was surprised. There are so many African-American homeschoolers around and in the city of Detroit. I was blown away. So I think there are people there. The interest is growing. I just don't know how many people actually are doing it because I, I just see a lot of, you know, hiccups like the, around the working and right. how am I going to teach the kids? You know, I'm not patient enough, but I don't think that's unique to my community at all. Mm-mm. What do you think are some of the reasons that African-American families would choose to homeschool? Do, do you think that there are a lot of the same reasons or a lot of different reasons or both? I think there are they're both. I see a lot of, I mean, you, you do have those unfortunate situations where the children have experienced negative, uh, where they have negative experience at school and the parents end up taking them out. But I think overall, from what I've seen in the groups and the moms that I've gotten to know, we just want to, and, and I, I don't, again, I don't think this is unique to African-Americans. I just think that, well, I've seen rather that we just want real education for our children. We want to provide the best experience as we can before they leave the house. We don't want to have to undo a lot of the negative experiences that either we've experienced in school 
or that they've personally experienced the version of education that is told a lot. And that's one of the things that kind of tilted us to homeschooling too. I don't want to have to come and explain a lot of why the history is not complete, why Columbus wasn't the best person to be celebrating. So yeah, a lot of the things that we're all taught in school are not completely true. And a lot of African-Americans, we don't see ourselves represented in history in any subject, really, um, except for Black History Month. That's when a lot of those books and a lot of those stories are told, but they're not even, you know, a complete or even partially complete history. So I think a lot of us just want to want representation as far as what education looks like. We know that a lot of inner city school systems don't have a lot of resources. They don't have the proper uh, staffing. They don't have the funding. They don't offer a lot of the things that we want to offer our children that we can offer our children. So I think that's reasons why we also want freedom. We want to be able to, you know, take our children wherever we want to, whenever we want to. Again, that's not unique to us. But, you know, for us, I think we African-Americans want to show our kids that there is more to the world than what is told in textbooks. You know, cultural reasons, a lot of people practice a lot of African spirituality, a lot of African influence in their home, and they just want to carry that out through their homeschooling as well. So that too. So I think just overall, we want a more complete education for our kids. We don't want them to be told a certain version and then we have to go and, you know, add on to it. We just want them to be told the truth and then they can go from there. So that's just what I've seen in our community. Well, let's just provide a little bit of help for maybe an African-American mom out there who's thinking about homeschooling or just started homeschooling or she's got younger kids and she'd really like to do this. And I want to I want to talk about two things specifically. And the first, you mentioned this desire to teach your children history in a way that includes the contributions of the black community. So what are some of the best resources you've found to help with this? If I'm looking for something to make sure that that complete story is told, do you have any really good resources that highlight the contributions of African-Americans? I do. A lot of them are just pass on like on the internet. I, I tried to make a list, Pam, I'll be honest. I tried to make a list because they're so scattered across the board, but some of the things that we do are just go to the library. The library, our library in particular, has a really big, you know, just multicultural section that we can just go and pull books of all types of different cultures. So, you know, that's one of the things that we do. Some of the other things, let me see. I know I have a book. Do you have a post? No, but you know what? I I just last week I said I wanted to start getting a long list of all these books and resources. And I've started to do that. I haven't posted anything yet because there's just nothing that I found that captures a lot of different books and resources in one place. They're all over the place. So I know this isn't airing till later, but I don't have anything right now to link you to. Can I encourage you to make a post? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I absolutely. That is the plan. I'm um, hinting wildly and, here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That That is, I have like the books that are in front of me now. I have that, but I don't have it written. So yes, that will be coming. That will be available 
and it'll be a living list. It will be something that'll be ongoing with links and, and all types of things. I just don't have it yet. Yeah. It was just an aha moment last week. So, so basically um, what I hear you saying, though, is that, you know, there's really not a one-stop shopping homeschool curriculum or resource that's going to provide this. This is, you know, mom's going to have to go out and find those really good picture books and history books that highlight those various cultures yes. and work them into whatever they're using for history. Yep. You captured it exactly. That's exactly what it is. There's so many everywhere. And that was one of the things I didn't realize before I started homeschooling either, that there are so many books that feature kids, not just African-American kids, but just culturally, different cultural kids. And we just don't know where they are. Right. You know, there's not an Amazon or there's not, you know, a particular search engine that you can go and find that. So one of my way, I would love to create that, but the small way I can do it is definitely creating that book list or that resource list because it's absolutely needed. Yeah. For everyone, yeah. not just us, you know. Do you have any particular favorites that you really like? Yes. And I do have that. <laughs> one of the ones that I found, and this is probably a more mainstream, it's called Hip Hop Speaks to Children, a celebration of poetry with a beat and was edited by Nikki Giovanni, the poet. And it has a CD that you can listen to with the kids that actually has different celebrities saying the poems that are written by different Black poets. So, and some of them are songs, you know, poetry is a song too, but yeah, that's one of the ones that I got recently and I really, really liked. So that's one. I found, it's, I'll just call it the Grace series. It's a little round girl named Grace and she has a book series. I have three in front of me, but I want to say it's about five different ones and it's by Mary Hoffman. And it just talks about her and her story and her family. And it just shows brown girls doing regular things with their family. But, you know, that's just not something that you see in the mainstream all the time. Another book that we really liked was Mufaro's Beautiful Daughters by John Steptoe. Mm-hmm. It has really good illustrations. And it's just a, br- a beautiful story. I really, really enjoy that. The kids really like that, too. I was surprised. But they, they like that. Africa is not a country. That's always a fun one by Margie Burns Knight and Mark Mel. What is this? Mel Nichols. It has really cool illustrations too. And it just shows Africa in a different light. Brown kids in a different light. One of the ones that I found that my older son likes is they're like a graphic comic. It's called Max Axum, Axiom, Super Scientist. And it is a man, uh, African-American scientist, that goes and studies different things. So, like, there's a series and all about different science concepts. So this particular one I'm looking at is about volcanoes. And I know they have one about chemistry and all these different science topics with, a, you know, a main character as a black man and a scientist. It's just, that's the representation that we want to see. I don't have a problem seeing different ethnicities in different careers or different stories, but I like for my kids to see brown people doing it too. That's, right. that's a big thing. I can go on. I don't know. <laughs> all, of, all of those, the ones I didn't know about in that list, they all sound awesome. So uh, okay. thank you. Yes. It sounds like you have the making of a very good list of books there. <laughs> yes. yes, I'm hoping so. And as and soon as I get that together, I'll definitely send you the link so we can include it because I know it'll be, it would have been helpful for me. So I, I know it'll be helpful for other people. Well, kind of let's wrap it up with this question. 
What would you say to the African-American moms who or mom who comes to you and says, Camille, I really want to homeschool, but I don't feel like I can. I feel like there's so much opposition from my community. What would you tell her to do? You know, first, I would tell her to ask herself if she is ready to just live a different kind of life, to be a different type of mom. When you're a homeschooling mom, you have more hats than you normally have. So the first place I would tell her to go is inside, is to really ask herself, is this something that I can do for my children? And then I would tell her to do her research, you know, see what her state says and go and read. I, you know, I would probably give her books. One of the books that really inspired me was Peter Gray's Free to Learn. It just talks about so many things that it was like, yes, this is what school is supposed to be. This is what, how children are supposed to learn. So I would encourage her to go and, you know, read some different books about different educational philosophies and then try to find other people, you know, besides me in her community or this online community that could be support for her. Because I know it, it can be lonely doing this thing on your own. But I think with, with that, that knowledge of her why, like why am I homeschooling, being clear on that and then doing your research to back up that why and then having a support system, she could do it. But I first would have her go inside and and ask herself some hard questions because, you know, as you know, Pam and other moms listening, it is no joke. Mm -hmm. You you really have to know your why and really understand it. And the why might not be always to homeschool throughout. I mean, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, but I think you have to know your why and be concrete in that. Um, And then it doesn't really matter what people think. Yeah, that why is what keeps you going on those hard days. And we all have them. So, Mm -hmm. well, Miss Camille, are you ready for the Fast Five? I am. Okay. What is one thing in your Amazon cart at the moment? Oh, it's so so many things (laughs) in Amazon cart. But the one thing that I really do want to get is this movie that I think it might be out already. It's called Kubo and the Two Strings. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think I have. It is amazing. Like, it has so many good... First of all, the animation is pretty cool. I think they were saying it's stop motion and claymation and all this stuff. But it has so many deep lessons in there that the kids may not get. But when I was... I was thoroughly entertained. So that will be a purchase from the Amazon card. It's sitting in there right now. Well, what is your favorite family read aloud? I would say... we We have two. A draft and a half... I don't know if you've read that book. My mother just happened to tell us about this book years ago, but it's it's the cutest, funniest little book. I don't know who the author is, but A Draft and a Half, and then The Day the Crayons Quit. The kids think it's so funny, and I try to, you know, you try to have the different voices for the different ones, but then everything sounds the same, (laughs) but I just think it's a cool little story, so they enjoy that. Not do too. What's been your best field trip ever? Now, I had to see like some of our vlogs, because I could not remember. <laughs> it was pretty bad. But I think the kids enjoyed the hands-on museum in Ann Arbor the most. There was so much to do. We didn't even have time for it. But I think that would be our favorite field trip to date. What are you reading right now? You know, I just finished reading a lot of herbal remedy type books. I'm trying to get into this whole herbal thing and essential oils and, you know, making my own soaps and doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So I just read a whole bunch of books like that. What I'm about to read this winter is about, it's actually two books. It's called High Yield Vegetable Gardening by 
Colin McCrate and Brad Holm. They wrote both of the ones I'm reading. I'm going to read. And then uh, Food Grown Right in Your Backyard. I'm really wanting to have a much bigger garden than we did last year. So that is the plan for me to dig into this and bring the kids along so we can all make this little garden thing happen together. Nice. Okay, last one. I've got to have blank to get me through the day. You know, I've got to have time to myself before the kids wake up. I just, I'm a grumpy lady if I don't get up before them and have my tea and I've been doing yoga this uh, in the morning. So I think time to myself to get centered, to get, you know, my, my to-do list going on. Everything needs to happen before the kids wake up and then I'm ready to go. Well, Camille, thank you so much for joining me here today. Tell everybody where they can find you online. Thanks, Pam. I loved talking to you. You guys can go to my website. It's just www.homeschoolingindthed.com. And I have links to all my social media there. And your YouTube channel. And my YouTube channel. That's on there too. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And there you have it, episode 45 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. Now, if you would like links to any of the books or resources that Camille and I talked about today, you can find them in the show notes for this episode. That is at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP45. And we'll have links to everything that you need right there. Also on the show notes for this episode are instructions on how to leave a rating or review for the podcast in iTunes. The ratings and reviews you leave in iTunes help us get word out about the podcast to new listeners, and we really appreciate it when you take the time to do that. I'll be back in another couple of weeks with another great homeschooling interview. Until then, keep on homeschooling. 